Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our series in the wonderful book by W. Philip Keller, uh, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Uh, this week we're in chapter 4, He Leads Me Besides Quiet Waters. He Leads Me Besides Quiet Waters. Here is the first half of this two-part study. Amen. So tonight we will continue uh, in chapter 4. He leads me besides quiet waters. He leads me besides quiet waters. So uh, one of the things that that we're going to be dealing with tonight is the understanding of what water is in the Bible and what it represents. And so... um, I think in John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who say to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given, uh, given you living water. And so one of the things that, that are, that's being referred to even in this scripture and as we look at uh, water as it represents in, um, in, in Psalm 23, uh, it's, it's dealing with uh, and, and referencing to the Holy Spirit, uh, the living water, uh, the external influence of the Spirit that's been given to those that belong to, to Christ. Uh, one of the things that we'll talk about this, this weekend coming up is, is the gifts that are given. Now, every person is given at least one gift, and the gift that's given is for, uh, to be used within the church, to be exercised within the church. Uh, and so that's what service is when you start to serve in the church is you're actually exercising those gifts. If you don't know what your gift is, the only way you're going to figure it out is by exercising it. You're going to have to try to figure out what that is. For some people, it's, it's the gift of helps. You, you just, just want to get involved and, and help out. Uh, for others, it's, uh, you may have the gift of, of preaching or, or teaching um, and, and so th- there are many gifts, and we're going to talk about some of those this weekend as we get into Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses, uh, I think we're in 7 through 16 uh, this weekend. And so, um, and, and, and it's just a great, great piece of scripture as well. But we need to remember that those gifts are exercised within the church. And, and Peter says in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 45, actually Paul says, While Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. 
And so we know that as we looked at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, we had the promise of the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, In him you also trusted after the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is guaranteed of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession of the praise of his glory. It is the ministry of the Spirit flowing out of the heart of the redeemed by God. The blessing uh, that, that blesses uh, believers and through them brings life and the light to the world. And so when we think about the Holy Spirit, um, we did a whole series on it last summer. And so if you, if you want to go listen to that, it's on, online. And it's a book by Lloyd Pulley that we did under his influence, yielding to the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can find that book. Actually, it's free on PDF. A uh, number of places you can find it online. Um, and if you want to read it, just let me know and I'll send it to you. I think I have the PDF. They had gave it out. But it's a great, great book. But the Holy Spirit is, is, a, is a person. Okay? Understand that. So it's not a force. It's not, it's not Star Wars. So a lot of people have that thought of that's what the Holy Spirit is, but it, he is a person. He possesses a mind, emotions, and will. Uh, the Holy Spirit thinks and knows, and that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. The Holy Spirit can be grieved in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. The Spirit intercedes for us in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. He makes decisions according to his will in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. The Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. As God, the Holy Spirit can truly function as the comforter and the counselor that Jesus promised uh, that he would be. In John chapter 14, verse 16, and 14, verses 26, and in chapter 15, verse 26. So when we talk about water, and as Philip Keller is going to be talking about water, it, it signifies the Holy Spirit. And, and the prophet Ezekiel compared the Spirit of God with the cleansing of the heart. So in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 25 through 27, it says, Then I will sprinkle water on you, and you shall be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and, and cause you to walk in my statues, and you will keep my judgments and do them. So as we talk about the importance of having water for the sheep, right? When the sheep don't have water, what do they do? They start looking for other alternatives to the water, which is filthy water, or they will just die of dehydration. And so for us, it's the same thing. We have the, the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us, but we need to be very careful that we're not trying to drink from dirty pools or dirty water or dirty streams. Um, and I think he said, uh, Philip Keller said, the difficulty in all of this is that men and women who are thirsty for God, who have a deep inner sense of searching and seeking, who are in a quest of that which is, will, will completely satisfy, often are unsure of where to look or really what they are looking for. Their inner spiritual capacity for God and divine 
life and their dilemma, they will drink from dirty pool to try to satisfy their thirst for fulfillment. So for us, it's, he talked about three main sources. He talked about the dew of the grass, the deep wells, or the springs, uh, the spring, uh, springs and streams, uh, as he was talking about us drinking. Um, one of the things he spoke about with the dew in the water is that it's early morning is when the dew is on the grass. And so when the sheep eat early in the morning and the quiet of the morning, they're taken care of the rest of the day. The water is, is, is given to them through the, the dew of the, the grass. And so they're not dehydrated. They're not looking for other water sources. But they have to get up early in the morning to do that, to eat. And the shepherd does that for them. One of the things I love is in Nehemiah, uh, when, we, when we think about the Word of God, uh, there's an important piece of Scripture. And I think there, uh, when you study Scripture, it's very important to understand there are significance to certain things that are in the Bible that refer to other things that, that actually uh, relate to and actually confirm Scripture. In Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. There's a significance to that. As they're fixing to open the word of God, they returned from, uh, you know, being taken away by, from the Babylonians. And, and now they're returning and they're going to open the word of God together. And where do they do it at? The water gate where the living water is and what we need. But I love what the scripture says because Nehemiah is a man of God and Nehemiah didn't, didn't know how to do or, or, or knew when to submit and allow other things to happen. And he allows Ezra to actually share and read the word of God to them. Now, Nehemiah was the leader. It would have been very easy for Nehemiah to go, no, 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 Ezra, I'm going to do this. But Nehemiah steps aside and, and he allows uh, Ezra to describe to, to read the book. And so we see in verse 1 it says, And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of the men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. This is very important that you get this because I didn't get this when I taught this. He says that the assembly of, of the men and women and all who could hear with it. Normally the word of God would have been opened up where? In the temple. But it was done at the water gate. Why? So everyone who wanted to hear it could hear it. And he wanted them to hear it. And I love that because it's, it, it's for everybody. The word of God is for everybody. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. And before the men and the women and, and, and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. They were paying attention. They were up early in the morning. Here they are at the water gate. This is the first semblance of a church in, in, in Nehemiah. And there's a significance that they're at the living water, the water gate, getting the word of God first thing in the morning. It's important for us to understand, like, are we wanting to hear from God before we start our day? Are you going through your day, and then you go, okay, now I need God to guide me, and you're already 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's like, what are you doing? 
You know, it's like you need to pray. You need to get up. You need to be in God's word. There's a, a time for you to have quiet time to meditate uh, on the word of God. And so I think a lot of times what happens is we, we start our day, we get going, and we just get moving. And by that time, there's no dew on the grass. The grass is burnt up, right? Especially here in Texas, by, by 9 o'clock, 9.30, it's gone. If there was any water sitting on that grass, it's gone. If you have grass, that's a whole other story, right? But what we need to do is ask ourselves, do we intently focus on him first every day? Is he the first thing I focus on every day? Philip Keller said, the, the still dues of his spirit can be dropped into my life and soul. God intends for us to have time of rest, time of quiet, time to hear from him, right? And, and, and I think, like I said, we get so busy and we're grabbing devices and checking our Instagram and doing all that other stuff before we ever spend time in prayer. Um, or, even, or even in his word. And, and so you need to make time with God. Now, I, I think, I don't know if Miss Floor remembers, but when we were in the, um, the conference, and Pastor Dan said the beginning of the day for the Jews started when? The night before. The night before. Before you go to bed, you can have it. And then throughout the day, the next day, you can, and it goes, because I realized I, once my day gets going, it's going. And it's hard to, to figure that out to make that time. But he started realizing as he was studying the scriptures that the, the, the actual day begins tonight for tomorrow. And, and so that's how the, uh, the Jews calendar is. And, and so for us, we need to remember that, uh, that we can actually spend tonight in God's word. Spend tonight having quiet time. Wake up in the morning and just say, Lord, I'm yours. What do you want to do today? And then start your day. And, and so you're, you're just looking at it in a different way. We can pursue so many different things. And you have more information available to you than, you than any other generation. And you can be an expert on anything as long as Google provides you the search engine for it. Right? I can be an expert on anything as long as there's a YouTube video on it. But what does that do? What knowledge is that given us? The thing that's going to sustain you is God's word. I mean, I know you need to do those things to, when you've got to fix something. or you're, But I think what we do is we tend to look at those things before we seek the higher things, before we seek the kingdom of God first. And, and that's really what we, we need to be doing. So um, the other thing, too, is like when we're, when we're trying to crave... And, and having those cravings of the souls when they're not being met, we're, we're looking for satisfaction, whether it's through knowledge or through achievement. We'll look for it through, um, a lot of us will look and turn on music or culture, and, and we're feeding ourselves with all that stuff, and, and there's no fulfillment in it. You're, you're just eating grass. There's no dew on the grass at all. Um, and so we, we got to be mindful of that. And I, and I think a lot of times what you see is, you know, I, it's probably more evident today because he was talking about how he knows all these different scholars and people who write books and stuff like that. And unfortunately, as they, as they do that, he goes, there's some of those people are the most jaded people that he knows. And we see that more today than we ever have um, where, we, where we see people that are, are just, they're not happy. They're, they're frustrated. 
And, and so they, their hobbies and, and their things that they're trying to fill and have thirst for, they're just, they're just thirsty all the time because there's nothing that's satisfying them. The Holy Spirit is the one who does that. It's the Word of God. It's, it's, it's fellowship. And what happens is we, we, you know, if we're not looking for, you know, bad watering holes, we end up with the, the, the water that just sits in the cisterns, you know, and the, and the things. And, and so one of the things I, I wrote down here is in, in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, my people have forsaken me the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that they cannot hold water. The picture of that is, is that you fill that cistern up and it empties itself out because it can't retain the water because there's cracks and holes in it. And no matter how much you keep filling it up with alcohol, uh, you can fill it up with, with uh, relationships, you can fill it up with, with our careers, like, I need to get that next promotion. I need to get that next thing. And we don't think that's a bad, like, you go, well, that's not a bad thing. But when it takes over your whole life, it is. It is. All you're doing is trying to fill a cistern up. It's just keeping, it just keeps leaking. It just keeps leaking. And that's why he's saying you need to stay connected to the living water, the living stream. You know, we, we see so many people that are, are unfortunately stuck in sin and Stuck drinking old, nasty water from cisterns. And they can barely get anything out of it because by the time they get it down, it's already cracked and then spilt half the water out. Our, our lives as, 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 as an understanding, as like the, the spirit and life of Christ himself is the only thing that brings satisfaction. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 18, it says, I will make rivers flow on barren heights. In springs within the valleys, I will turn the desert into the pools of water and the parched ground into springs. Some of y'all got rain this past week, and it came heavy and fast. And I was just talking to uh, Miss Shannon at the school, and she said that their chicken coop got turned over. They were without power for four hours. That's how strong the storms were that came through. That's how fast the rain can come. It's a beautiful picture, though, is to, to think that God can restore a desert that quickly. And if you don't think you live in a desert, you're in a desert. It's, this, is, much, this looks just like Iraq, so just go ahead and deal with that. I'm sorry. You know, it's, it's just as dry. In Isaiah 43, verse 19, it says, I am creating something new. There it is. Do you see it? I have put roads in the desert, streams in the thirsty lands. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that we need in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit that we need to be connected with in our lives. And we find that Jesus, as he speaks of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, he talks about the Helper coming. And it's important as we think about the Good Shepherd, one of the things he recalls is him being in Africa. And the shepherds there would actually have to go all the way down into a ravine to get the water, and they would be in there by themselves, getting water for their, their sheep. And there was a great amount of work that they had to go through to do it. But it showed the love that those shepherds had for their sheep. He said they would actually strip down naked, bailing water to satisfy the flock. He goes, it was hard, perspirating work. But they labored and strained in the heat to make sure that their animals, their sheep were taken care of. 
that they were satisfied, that they weren't thirsty. That is the good shepherd. The good shepherd is the one that actually will go down into the, uh, into the water into the, and, and bail it out for you and get it and take care of you. But what happens with us is many of us will follow the bad shepherd. We end up in very dark, deep, dangerous places. And it's the same thing when we think about the, uh, the reality of, of, you know, one of the things he talked about is, is them taking the sheep down into this ravine where they would actually have good water. But the sheep would be stubborn and decide that they wanted to try to find water on the way down. Or they decided to go a different route than what the shepherd was taking them. And it's a great example. It's like, are you going to follow the shepherd who's going to take care of you and give you the water that you need? Are you going to follow the things of this world? And he talks about them drinking out of muddy pools and filled with manure. And yet they had clean water right down the ravine. They just had to follow the shepherd. And when they did that, they would get all these parasites and diseases that would destroy their bodies. And that's what happens as the shepherd's trying to take you down into the valley where the streams are to lay you down so you can find rest and you don't want to go you don't want to follow and and so for us it's dangerous for us to 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 think that we can um, figure it out on our own and many of us have done that I think there's something better over here and, and we, we we tend to to try to gratify the flesh and I think that's what we were talking about this past week. And it's like, what direction are you walking? Are you walking towards the Good Shepherd in a worthy manner, in a worthy walk, in gentleness and loneliness, bearing with one another in love? I know I'm missing one. I'm trying to remember which one I'm missing. Which one am I missing? Long suffering. And long suffering. And what does this say? The unity of the bond of peace is through what? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. So live in water. But when you're walking the other direction, you're basically doing what Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for, those, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And he gives the works of the flesh here. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Are you walking towards those things? But he says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. The Holy Spirit starts with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have, been, have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envy, envying one another. So we are in union with Christ. The Holy Spirit's the primary responsibility is to produce His likeness in us. And so He teaches us how to be totally dependent upon God. That's why the understanding, the, the term of waters, He leads me besides quiet or still waters. 
It's, it's, that's where you're going to produce fruit. Not you, but the Spirit. And, and, and it's very important that you get this. No fruit eats its own fruit. The tree does not produce fruit for the tree to eat. You produce fruit for others. That's important. The church has forgotten that. It's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the, the production of fruit that should be happening in every believer is that you produce fruit for other people in peace and love and joy. Like, why are you happy, dude? Let me tell you about Jesus. It's like we, we have to understand that. It's, I, I think it's one of those things that we just, we just forget. But the Holy Spirit in John 14, verses 16 and 17, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask my Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever, even if even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot see, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, you know Him, for He dwells with you, and He will be in you. We need to remember that, that He dwells in you, and He will be in you. It's, it's an understanding that the water, the living water, the streams, the dew that you should get from the morning, the time that you spent in your quiet time with God. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 